Hello, and welcome to the Novi Conversation. I'm Steve Waltz. And I'm Jeff Pregulski. And on today's episode, Jeff, we have meet one of our rock star consultants, Mr. Kevin Fonz. Fonzarelli. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Welcome, Kevin. Morning. Coming to you from wonderful Bismarck, North Dakota. So what I've got to ask, what what are you doing in Bismarck? Are you, are you there for work or pleasure? Uh, it's my daughter's final college conference swim meet. So it's it's all oh. coming to an end here. Exciting. No more chlorine it's, it's in the indoor. nostrils. For, oh. <laughs> Imagine that indoors. And in, uh, yeah, probably a good thing unless hey. you can swim in solid water. Hey, Dad, you want to travel to North Dakota in the middle of February? <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's probably more snow there, Kevin, in Wisconsin, or it was about the same. It all blew away. Oh, nice. Snows and blows, and it's it's not not good. It's well, we we appreciate you taking time. Kevin's so busy, Jeff, that he couldn't do it in a regular workday. So on his day off, he volunteered to be on a podcast. So we got to be a little bit, maybe a little bit nicer to Kevin, maybe. All right. We'll Look consider, right. um, how about you know, after, um, at the end of this podcast, we'll decide if, uh, if we owe him a reward. I, from his, um, Instagram, I can tell he likes beer. So keep that in mind. Well, he's from Wisconsin. Isn't that a state? Well, you don't drink Jeff. So I thought that was a state law. So, yeah. all right. Um, but, but anyway, we're, Kevin, we're, we're glad, to, we're, we're glad to have you. Um, you know, a lot of people are, you know, we've, we've had a few of our, uh, um, delivery folks on on here and i think it's kind of neat that you know just knowing you for several years and what you do and what you bring uh your skill sets it's it's pretty exciting you're heavily involved in a lot of the manufacturing the edi things like that but question i wanted to ask you is is what 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 do you feel is your superpower uh being here at anovia oh it's got to be sarcasm (laughs) (laughs) he fits right in jeff right (laughs) (laughs) well and and i think that uh I don't know about you um, from the sales side of things. um, I don't think we are allowed to be as sarcastic maybe as, as the delivery team, but, but Kevin, how does that mesh with the uh, people that you work with? um, Customer wise, I was thinking the same thing, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Your typical manufacturing warehouse customer is either they have to be sarcastic um, or they're not going to (laughs) survive. So Do you think that's really because, oh, okay, so so I, in in terms of like uh, that sarcasm, do you think that comes from like a lack of trust in this in in their ERP system, or where, where do you think that stems from? Uh, I think it has to do with more of the uncertainty of manufacturing and constantly being beat down. You have nothing left to, except to be sarcastic and laugh at everything. Interesting. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's a uh, that's a unique perspective, and that um, superpower probably makes you uh, uh, is part of why you're such a rock star at uh, at Anovia in the eyes of our clients. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's hit them with some questions, Steve. Uh, what what's question number two? Question. Let's see. Question number two, off based off the sarcasm one. Uh, outside <laughs> of the sarcasm, when like so obviously you go in a lot and you're talking with customers, you're doing. You know, maybe somebody that's doing an upgrade or somebody that they come to us and they need help. I guess um, what our listeners are probably curious on is so when when you kind of come in to talk with them, uh, I guess what I would ask is like, 
would, how would you help prepare a customer? Like, to, to, you know, it's it's asking some of the right questions, right? I know a lot of times when they're calling, they're, when they, we talk with them, they're they're asking about, oh, you know, what about this? I wanted to do this, and sometimes I feel like I don't know how to ask the right question. So maybe you can kind of talk about with your experience. How do you, you know, how do you how do you typically start an engagement and kind of work through an engagement with with our customers? Um, so usually, usually it's it's. It's both about asking the question and listening to the customer to see what really is their pain points or or how they're doing something. Um, and then a lot of times when you're talking through what they're doing now, uh, depending on if, say, if they are on NAV or Business Central, you can kind of zero in on some stuff that they're having issues with. But then also some like a lot of times you come up with some really quick um, just kind of do it type activities where, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Uh, that makes it a lot easier. That solves our problem. Um, it, it, it's a combination of that type of issue and then just continuing to go deeper and deeper into the issue to find out what the actual root cause of what they're, the problem they're having. You know, sometimes they're not doing things the way the system was designed and they just don't know how the system was designed because they'd been there for a long time or they hadn't been there when it was implemented. So they really don't understand the why and how of how the inner workings of NAV work. Okay. Jeff, anything you want to ask him to expand on that? And you know, Kevin, I forgot to even ask you because I, I gave you the superpower question is uh, maybe, maybe you can tell a little bit more about the role that you do at Anobi. I know we kind of threw you out there on, you know, on, on that question, but maybe you can kind of, for our listeners wondering, you know, who this guy is. Yeah. So I'm a I'm application consultant. And I focus mainly on the areas, I would say, from sales order to shipment. And inside of that, um, really kind of heavily more into the warehousing, manufacturing, uh, purchasing supply chain, um, kind of the inner operations type activities and not as much as possible, not the financial stuff. I know a little bit about the financials, but I try not to know too much because we have better people to handle that stuff. Um, and that includes things like EDI, um, you know, warehousing add-ons and scanner software and things like that. So um, I didn't used to be a warehouse guy. I, I My background was more in, you know, just manufacturing without warehousing um, and purchasing supply chains. I was a materials manager. Uh, but then as I, when I started at Novia like four years ago, I think it was now, um, I had to help and do a warehouse presentation and help with some of the warehouse customers. And over the years, I've become, I guess, the internal warehouse expert now. Nice. Yeah, I was um, I was wondering about um, because I know that uh, when we have questions about warehousing um, on on sales calls, your name always comes up. So I was wondering uh, uh, what it was. So so in terms of your background pre Inovia. how many years do you have in uh, in in manufacturing and any specific uh, types of manufacturing that you specialized in? I know um, I ran into someone that I think it was uh, said they worked with you in maybe the print industry or something. I don't remember, but yeah, uh, I, any uh, specialties? I've been in manufacturing since 1989 and using NAV and Business Central since 2004. Um, not really a specialty. I mean, I, I, I probably started out and my, most of my work I've done was either in equipment manufacturing or consumer products manufacturing. 
Um, not a lot of process manufacturing, but through the different projects I've done here, I've gotten a lot of experience in project or process manufacturing, everything from gummy bears to lip balm to uh, you name it. So, um, I mean, that is one one thing that's kind of nice about working here is you you get a lot of different experience with a lot of different types of industries and customers. And, you know, last a few weeks ago, we interviewed Daniel um, in, about how on the uh, rescue squad or our daily support team, how it just every day is just completely different. It's like putting out one fire, one emergency, and then, all right, taking a quick break and going on the next one. I mean, is is what you do similar to that, Kevin? Or you, I mean, being on projects, I guess I'd like to find out, and I'm sure our listeners want to know, when, you, when you're involved in projects, is it, you know, is it more of a controlled process because you know you have this amount of time or maybe you can get talk about us about like a typical day that you do yeah if it if it was if it was one project i was working on only it, it would probably be a little more controlled but working on i'd say five or six projects at a time in different states of implementation um you get a little of what daniel talked about where you know you're working on something and trying to go heads down and and just focus on uh, either a write-up or setting up some data or uh, doing some testing. And then one of the other customers that's closer to going live might come with some issues in their testing. So you do still jump around. Um, but it, it's not as crazy as support where um, they just come out of the blue. You know, you, you kind of know where things are um, in, in the process. Um, so, I mean, a typical day would be uh, every morning we kind of have a scrum call to say kind of what we're working on that day. And then depending on what the project is and where the projects are at, you'll um, usually work on at least two, maybe three different um, customer projects during the day. Sometimes you're lucky and it's one project. Um, and that's when you're home. Um, when you're on site, you know, you're pretty much focused on that customer the entire time you're there and then you'll you'll end up picking up all that stuff you'd be doing at home either later in the day or in the evening or at lunch and kind of juggle things around as needed nice i think um you know when speaking with uh the you know when i when i speak with either potential customers or, or newer customers when we talk about how we have project teams and we have support teams you know a lot of it comes up as you know one of the things that we have is such a wealth of experience and a, and a wealth of skill sets. And, you know, and the, I guess maybe to keep me more honest, when I talk with them, like, look, if it comes into support and maybe the person that's looking at it's like, you know, I'm kind of feeling I, I can do this, but I think I might want to get another set of eyes on it or maybe somebody with more expertise. Do they ever, how often do they reach out to you if they even reach out to you to help with maybe some things like that or vice versa? Um, it kind of depends. Um, like I, I have some of the support people who aren't very familiar in warehousing reach out to me. Oh, I'd say maybe a couple times a month with questions. Um, if we're, if they get a call from a customer or a, you know an email support ticket for something that we may have just gone live with, you know maybe six months ago, they may call and touch base to find out kind of what's unique to this customer or if if i have any ideas what might be going on um it, you know it just kind of helps with a little with that continuity so they're just not you know chasing their tail or you know running around in the dark trying to figure out what you know the the customer's process from start to finish versus 
getting a condensed version from me and saying, hey, you should look at this area. Um, but either way, I mean, support's pretty capable. So, I mean, they're, they're able to kind of dig into the problems and solve them really quickly. Uh, you know, I was uh, I was thinking that and speaking with people. It's it's you know it's just kind of nice, right? We all you know we have projects teams to focus on the projects, and we have our support team to focus on that. But but also, hey, you know what? We are just one large functioning team here, and you know and and that's just very cool how that you know you guys can just reach out back and forth. So Jeff, do you have any questions you want to ask for Kevin? I think he's getting off kind of light right now. I don't know. <laughs> Let's uh, let's dig into the uh, um, what our listeners really want to know. So, um, what is the in the you know um, last? Let's just say looking at the last um, maybe two years. What is the mix of projects that you are working on in terms of the application level? Um, Nav, Business Central, SaaS, and Business Central on prem. Um, so I would say in the last two years. Um, so two years ago, I'd say it was 90% um, nav on-premise. Um, and then as over these two years, we went live with the first, um, what I was told was the first manufacturer to go live in Business Central SaaS um, about two years ago, I think. Um, I know they waited for quite a while to actually to be us to be able to get their environment set up. Um, and they went from AX to SaaS. So it was it was a fun project. Um, and, but as you know, more and more now, I would say my mix right now is, uh, pretty much I'd say 90% SAS or on premise. And out of that, I'd say at least 50 or 60% is, has been going towards SAS instead of the on premise business central. Um, interesting. Yeah. I was thinking a lot lower number, Jeff, were you? I was, yep. But I mean, that's the. Uh, I think that's that's the way of the world. So, so to follow up and dig a little deeper, what um, in these projects? Um, what do you think? Um, what have you learned the most? Um, uh, the, the most unexpected thing, I guess, about about maybe moving to to the cloud, um, or you know, what sort of considerations do you think our customers should be using to sort of frame? their decision-making process about whether, you know, their their ERP system is ready um, or their business process is ready to, to move to the cloud. Oh, yeah. So what what I would suggest, if, if, if the customer does not have a lot of mods, um, they potentially would be a candidate for going directly to SaaS uh, or version 15, as you'd call it, which is the, the new code base. Um, if the customer has a lot of mods, I, I kind of recommend that they do like a stopping off point and, and as soon as possible, really, because at some point Microsoft's going to say you can't go to version 14 anymore, which is kind of the current nav code base, uh, really similar to the SAS code base, but it uses the same uh, development tools and you can do code changes right in the code versus having to do everything in extensions. So. If, if they're on an older version, you know, 2009, 2015, they really should consider moving to at least to version 14 or, you know, a variant of that 14.5, um, which gives them their similar code base. They can still do mods in the code and then they can work as a separate project to move everything to extensions. Um, but like, as I said, or if it's a new project or a... Uh, um, 
you don't have a lot of mods, I go straight to SAS. It's 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 gotten a ton better from when we first the first project we did. There was a lot of stuff kind of. It, it didn't feel like it was completely ready for prime time. It worked. Everything worked fine. It just, you know, some of the, the user interface and it was kind of a little, um, I wouldn't say sketchy, but it, it had a ways to go. It was, it was really similar to when they first came out with the roll tailor client in 2009. Um, by the time they got to like 2013, I think R2, I think it was called. So like about two years the the roll tarot client was then far superior to the the old classic client and i think where that's where we're going with sas um it's becoming more and more um it's getting better with every cumulative update they do so gotcha yeah i think uh from a you know as, as i've transitioned um towards my pre-sales environment working in the latest and greatest version um seems like just from a not even like what's under the hood um, architecturally for the application, but but functionality wise, there's, you know, um, there's so much more that you can do now um, in the web client than you could do ever before. And to the point where it's like you can almost do um, more in the web client. Um, getting back to that date you said about uh, BC version 14, I think um, the date that I've heard is like October of this year, October of 2020 is like the cutoff date for BC version 14. So um, they got extended, we right? Were, Wasn't it April? And then it got extended. Um, yeah, well, I it was originally so. no, like last November and then they moved uh -huh. it out, moved it out. So um, yeah, it's not a, not a trivial project if you have a lot of extensions or a lot of modifications to move them all to extensions, but at least you could get onto the platform that you can actually start moving things and doing new development in the extensions as so soon as possible. So question I have for that, Kevin. So like I spoke with somebody yesterday that's on 2009 R2, basically have a couple, couple mods, uh, shipping and uh, a pricing commission mod that's pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're 2009, they're like, we want to go to the new version. So... You know, in my mind, I would, you know, you, you know I, I always try to take a step back so I don't start racing ahead like this is what they should do because, you know, you, you want to kind of get a little deeper. But, you know, so would you are you thinking more of that would be more of a reimplementation or that's is that something you would just still do what you just said? Or I mean, what are your my, thoughts? My, on my gut is it's a reimplementation um, just because of the amount of work just going from 2009 to the role tailor client. Um was a fairly large undertaking mainly because of the re all the reports had to be redone and there's you know other things like that uh, but usually what we do is we do a planning engagement and we'll go to the customer we'll go through their processes and then at part of that planning engagement we would give a recommendation whether we think they should just um, follow the normal upgrade path or do a re-implementation or some kind of odd combination of the two so Okay, I was I was at Indianapolis for a user group yesterday, and there was some time after the first presentation. So there's about four total partners there, and the, the and the amount of users, the fear of like Business Central of going to it, um, you know, and the roadmap was it was very interesting uh, on that. But I, so I guess the question I have for you um, is if you know with with the way the extension model is. 
And if you're on an old version and they want to wait a couple of years, you know, it just seems like, I don't know about you, Jeff, but it seems like 2009, maybe it's like the old Windows version that everybody liked and no one wanted to leave. But now that we're getting 11 years past, 10 years past, they're, they're, they're kind of feeling that they need to move. Um, but, you know, you know the licensing is different, right? You, you have to have name users. I know they'll give you a three for one. But, I mean, how do, do you foresee um, moving forward with these uh, these uh, companies that are still on an older version? With in, Let's say you missed that deadline. How, how do you see that happening for them? Is that going to be just – has to be a re-implementation? Or, or how do you see that for those that maybe aren't planning ahead as well? The thing I would be concerned about, you know, they can stay on 2009 for a while. I mean – but it's it's not really supported, so they're not going to get hot fixes. They're not going to get. I mean, some of that stuff's going to go away. And the other thing that may go away is at some point you're not going to get three for one. I would think, as far as you know, you wouldn't get three users for every one user you have now. Um, I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't go more than I'd say another year on 2009. I mean that that would really kind of be pushing it, but. I mean, you're just, if you're on 2009, you're really missing out on a lot of capabilities and functionality. I mean, I, I, I was, when I was a user, I was on 2009 and we went to the role tailor client and I didn't go to the role tailor client until I think the 2015 version. And so I, you know, I was kind of in that boat where I waited a little while, um, let things, the dust settle and all that. But I think, I, I think business central now the, the cloud product um, is is stable enough that I don't see any reason to not go there unless they have some ISV that really isn't hasn't gotten to the cloud yet. And if they haven't gotten to a cloud, it I would question whether you should be with that ISV anymore. So, right. well, and Jeff, I just got one more question for Kevin because you you made mention about the planning engagement and and. It, to me, it's a chance to revisit, right? Everybody wants to reinvent the old process, especially if, you know, they moved it forward from, let's say, version five, or like you said, 2009 to 2015, and now you're going to business central. It's like, it just seems like the, the mind, typical mindset is this, okay, we've been doing it that way. Let's just move it forward. But so when you talked about the plane engagement, you know, so you, when you're going on site, are you, you're, you're talking more about process and the software capability or, or all that in a whole? I mean, maybe you can talk to us what, it, what a planning engagement is from a consultant side. Of. So I, I tend to focus as much as possible on process and then look at the software um, and to see how it's meeting your, if say if they're on Business Central or NAV. Uh, how well the software is meeting their process and their and their needs in their process. Because um, some of the outcomes of the planning engagement, it's not always, hey, we need to do some modifications. I mean, that's um, that's not necessarily the the way you always want to go. Um, so sometimes you want to change your process. You know, so there's the questions of, you know, why are you doing that? Um, and you know, sometimes it'll come back to, well, that's how we always did it, and. So and so just decided to do it that way, and so that's what we've been doing. And it may be completely wrong, um, or it may be a actual business need. Um, so when I, you know, there's a couple of things that happen. So you you kind of go through each each of their main processes, and you look and see this is how they're doing it now. 
identify areas where they can approve. Um, like, I, like I mentioned before, sometimes in those planning engagements, they make changes to their how they're doing things like immediately. They're like, oh, I didn't know that field even existed. I didn't know there was sales prices. I didn't know there was purchase prices that you could do with quantity breaks. You know, things like that. I didn't know you could have a start and end date on a bill of material. I was using just deleting lines, you know. Things like that will come up. And um, a lot of customers get a lot of value out of those types of things. But then they also, out of the planning engagement, kind of get a future direction and plan on uh, where they want to go, um, what would need to be done to, to basically sync their software with their processes. And then uh, kind of a plan to get there. Right. That's well. That's that's great to hear, Kevin. Because you know, I I don't know about you, but I I've I've kind of been reading more a little bit on change management because it's you know it's the fear of change, right? Better mm-hmm. to be with the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And I mean, do you how often do you battle that when you're talking with people? Because if especially if you've been there and you were thrown in the fire, say five seven years ago, and no one taught you, then you had to do a workaround to get your job. <clears throat> they seem to have not as much faith in the software as those that have been trained. Uh, I mean, do you get do you get a lot of pushback on change? Or I mean, I, I know it's a broad question, but I guess maybe it, it really varies by the customer. I mean, some customers are really they know their pro- their process is inefficient and they want to make changes. Other ones, you'll get people who just dig their heels in and say, "This is how we have to do it." You know, and um, I hate making modifications and changes for those type of people where it's look we could do it this way and it would solve all your problems and we wouldn't have to make any modification or or it'd be a really simple modification versus the ones that are kind of really open to kind of looking at their processes how they're doing things um and not afraid of that change you know they they may get pushback when they try to implement it but at least initially they're open to the kind of the ideas and I, you know, I'd say the people that resist the change, it, it's probably in in the planning engagement at least. It's it's somewhat of a minority. Uh, you might run sales into guys. <laughs> Just kidding. <Yeah. laughs> you might run into people later in the process as you're implementing it that tend to push back a little more. But um, it sometimes it's surprising is that you know, the people you would ex- that the company expects to resist the change are not the ones that resist the change. You know, I've I've heard things like. Oh no, that that receiving guy, and he is just—he's old. He doesn't embrace technology. We can't change it. He only knows how to do it this this way, and we have to have it just like that. And then they gave him a scanner to use, and he says, just to try it. And he says, I'm not giving this back because this is so much easier. And they—they're all shocked because they didn't think Bob and receiving was ever going to be embrace something like that. It's—it's it's always a guy named Bob. You notice that, Jeff? Yeah, it's that Bob I, guy. <laughs> I, I use Bob a lot, right? I, I remember being with, I think it was with you, Jeff, where they could so say the guy said that Bob's been there 40 years and he couldn't sign with a password named Bob. So, but we'll give Bob a break. <laughs> well, it's, great it's job. Bob and, and, and it's Karen if it's, uh, if she's a woman. So oh, those oh. are the two problem people. <laughs> you know, the other, the other thing I'd say, you know, I hear a lot as an application consultant that, that, Hey, they want training. They want training. And, and I don't, think they really want training i think they want con- what i would say they would want consulting they they don't need to be trained on how to enter a sales order they they want to know this is how we're entering our sales order how can we do it better how can we save time and money and make it more efficient 
and there there's a difference there you know it it's it's and to me that's kind of important is that when i walk away from these planning engagements i want the customer to be better off than when i came there so. and, and that's a great point kevin because you know a lot of especially a lot of conversations i have with uh, people that are considering us is that um so how how would you lead us right and not just down so you get the microsoft roadmap you know, because it used to be, you know, this ERP world was like, here it is, it's a break fix. This is where I want to go, and it's just what, you know, it was it was it 2009 to 2013 was the release, right? It was almost four years, and now they're doing it what every six months they're having an up, you know, a new version or update. Well, every seems, month there's a new cumulative update, and, and, it, it's, and it's moving fast. And I and I think where you're at is that they, you know, customers don't know that. Um, you know, I mean, they're learning it, you know, but those are discussions that we're having more as an engagement team. But it's great to hear that, you know, when you, when you go in, it's, you know, it's, it's, it is leading and consulting versus training. I mean, training is important. We obviously know that. But just the fact that, you know, the, the why, you know, in sales, we talk about the five whys. You know, I, I always like to laugh. My neighbor, Terry, I'll go, hey, Steve, how you doing? All right. And then about a minute later, he goes, what else is going on? Oh, not much. Then about the third, he asked three or four times. And about the fifth time, you're like, oh, my life's in shambles. <laughs> this is going on. It's like you just, after that fourth or fifth time, you just like unload and release more of it. And, you know, and it's tough. And it's 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 getting people, to, you know, to ask why, you know, is there a better way? And, and maybe they don't know. I just remember, you know, when I first started in this ERP world, I was talking with one of, one of the guys on the team. And they said, Steve, you can maybe do that six different ways. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, you know, how do you know which of the six ways is best for you? Well, you got to have a conversation about it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I had a, a similar one. A company was asking, how do they, how do they attract their materials when they're doing subcontracting? And I gave them three different options, and then they called me back and asked for a little more information on one of them, and then I ended up giving them two more options that I, I hadn't really thought of because. They were using warehouse and bins, which enabled a couple more options that they they that I didn't normally list in the list of options. So you're right. I mean, there's that was five or six different ways you can do something, and not not one of them is actually the quote unquote right way. So nice. So Jeff, do you have any other questions for for Kevin? I've got I've got two um, two more questions. So. First question is: um, We have been uh, here at Anovia. Uh, clearly, we're we're really busy. Um, we've had some uh, some really successful um, years the past couple of years. And I wonder, um, from your perspective, what do you think that is? Um, is that due to the product? Is it due to Microsoft delivering a better ERP solution in, in Business Central? Is it to do with uh, our team and, and getting more expertise across a wider um, bandwidth of opportunities? Is it like that we've developed better project management or we have better solutions? Just what do you think is, uh, um, in your opinion, from the delivery side, responsible for our success? It's it's definitely the people um, and our relationship with the customers. I mean, we're, we're honest. Um, even the sales guys are fairly honest. Um, I hear a fairly in there, Jeff. Fairly, yes. Um, but the uh, you know the developers, the application consultants, the project managers, you know, they're not just telling the customer what they want to hear. They're they're honest with them. They're fair. Um, 
we give our customers attention when they ask for something, we respond. You know, it's 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 just that um, doing what's what's right for the customer and keeping that in mind. I think that kind of sets us apart from some of these where you know we have the the account managers where other other companies don't have an account manager or or in, you don't have an account manager unless you spend X number of dollars. So it's it's I I think we just we just care. You know, we care about our customers and. We're honest with them, and we know our stuff. So. Uh, awesome. Okay, so I'm, thank I'm you. I'm gonna for take that. you on some sales calls with me, Kevin. <laughs> Mind that? Hey, we just have to. You have to approve it with his project manager, Steve. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> and he's billable. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And so my my final question is. Um, what has been your um, since joining Inovia your most interesting project? It could be because of the the end user that you were working with. It could be because you you know thought um, we really helped um, help them in a major way, but, but or it's just something odd that you did. But what is, in your opinion, the most interesting project you've been involved with since joining us? Um, that's that's a good question. Um. I think it kind of changes as you go along because I mean all the most of the projects I should say are interesting in their own ways. The companies do everything different. Um, I did find it really cool that we uh, did a project with um, a company that made gummy, like little gummy vitamins, which um, I never knew how their process worked. Uh, I also remember we did one with a. Uh, company that did weaving of fabrics, which was fascinating. I mean, I, I get I get super excited about manufacturing and manufacturing processes. So um, companies that have unique processes and ways they do it always kind of fascinate me. So, gotcha. All right, thank you. So, so Steve, um, Kevin is a manufacturing nerd, so don't ask him about what he finds interesting because he's going <laughs> to give you a weird answer. <laughs> And that's coming from a math nerd, Kevin. Uh, oh yeah, I've got my own. Uh, I've got my own issues. Please leave me out of it. Oh, I know. Yeah, and, and, and I'm and I'm married to a math nerd, so the, I mean, I now know two people that celebrate Pi Day. <laughs> and, and actually, I'm going to take this a real quick aside. But I was just in uh, I was just in New York City uh, uh, doing a demo, um, and right across the street from uh, where I was in Manhattan um, was the Museum of Mathematics. So, needless to say, I. I I spent an hour there plus uh, a significant amount of my paycheck in the gift shop. So I'm all set for this pie day. So oh now Linda listens to it, Jeff. And so when we go to New York next, I got a feeling we're going there. So I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, uh, but that's, that's, that's very cool. And I, and, you know, I think we got, uh, uh, you know, uh, another wife listening. I think Kevin, I think, uh, you're, you're, we heard your wife is a is a is an Ovia conversation roadie. Is that true? That that is true. Nice. Well, shout out to her. Tell her thank you. Now we have what fourteen listeners, Jeff. <laughs> oh, yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> We're over a baker's dozen. <laughs> the first time she messaged me on LinkedIn to say that uh, she was listening to our podcast, and um, I said, oh, "I'm sorry that uh, Kevin makes you do that." She said, "No, we we love it on our road trips." And I thought, "Oh my God, that." Uh, uh, that is uh, that's that's shocked me to say the least. Well, that's how oh, Kevin found out we had one, wasn't it? His wife. 
<laughs> just kidding, Kevin. One of the one of the ones on CRM, and she actually uses CRM, so it was actually nice. interesting to her. So, oh, well, well, very cool because you know my wife, kind of like most of our wives, ask you know her spouses like, "What do you actually do?" And he's like, yeah, that's a different conversation, right? Yeah, it's, it's ERP. Oh, so I, I've got a good story about that one. My my son's going to school at University of Utah. He was studying business. And as the business scholar program, they go, they spend their whole first year uh, with a four-hour Friday class going through each one of the programs uh, that the business school offers. And they have outside speakers come in. They do two. It's, it's a really cool program. At the end of this, he he determines kind of what his major is going to be. And he says, dad, I'm going to do operations and supply chain. I, I said, you know, that's what I do. Right. And he said, no, I had no idea. what." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy day uh, to come out here on, especially being on vacation. Um, Alan will be happy, right? Hey, we didn't have to, you know, do a non-billable engagement. So, <laughs> and uh, ever on vacation. <laughs> and you're on vacation. I think uh, we should get some, you know, some good brownie points for that one. But, yeah. but everybody, let everybody else know that uh, you can listen to this one, obviously, on our website and the and the other apps uh, for uh, podcast. Uh, coming up, Jeff, in uh, a few months, we have the what the Inovia Customer Conference. Uh, oh yeah, it's a big it's a big deal. In in South, in our new location. That's right, the University of Notre Dame, and I'm sure the Wisconsin people are excited about that, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) At least we're heading south a little bit. And I think the picture on there, Jeff, is that from your drone when you went out to Notre Dame? Is that one of your pictures that we have on our website? Oh, yes. Yep, that that it is. And so that that is going to be on May 20th and 21st for our customers and people that are considering Inovia. And Kevin, are you coming in for that one? Or are you? I've or we got you been asked to teach. I've been asked to teach a class, but I'm not sure which session I'm I'm doing yet. Well, I know we'll, we'll be be there. <laughs> well, we're great that you're going to be there. I think there's going to be about twenty, at least twenty three or four of us, Jeff, at uh, at that conference. So it'll be it'll be great. Kevin will be obviously teaching something, either what manufacturing or EDI or or something in Where that realm. Housing. Like, housing. Well, yeah. housing. Where housing? Because because you've taught classes at the Navog before, haven't you? At the at the summit. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been teaching classes at Navig and Summit even back when I was a customer. So um, I've done quite a few. So, well, well, very nice. So glad to hear that you'll be one of our presenters. Uh, also, you can follow us on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Walt Steve, and um, and the other two are probably not because I've asked Jeff or his. Your, your, is your Twitter account dormant, or you haven't had one yet? I can't remember. Jeff. Um, I, I do not have a um, business ready Twitter handle. Oh, okay. so we'll just put it that way. My Twitter <laughs> is private. And, uh, and other things. <laughs> right. Skateboarding, math, and bad music, then yeah, then then right. message me and I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah, I, I printed mine up a year ago. Uh, so I actually it's it's more business. So um, my, my my brothers and friends when we, we can't really talk sports anymore because they get they get a little intense. <laughs> so uh, well once again, Kevin. We appreciate it, and Jeff, as we, we as we kind of wind down to pick out an ending song, we're gonna we're gonna end this one on "It's Over." Appreciate it. Thank you. Goodbye, and everybody have a good rest of your day. Thanks, everyone.